Welcome to Mission Viejo Christian Church. Today, Pastor Mike Maiola is bringing the word to you. So open up your Bibles and listen in. All right, I want to thank Pastor Zach. Thank you, man. Our youth pastor here at MVCC preached a great message last week on hope. And uh, I, I tell you what, I am excited for uh, many different reasons. But one of the reasons I'm, I'm totally jazzed about what God is doing here is we just believe in young people. We believe in us older people, but I believe the young people have a place now and they have a voice now. So I'm just grateful that last Sunday was our, uh, we called it a youth takeover. Students did everything, junior high and high school, within the service and the campus here. We're just grateful for them. We just help me thank them and the great message that Pastor Zach gave? Cool. Um, we're in Daniel 9 this morning, so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Daniel 9. We are in a series called The Clash of Kings. And so, um, but before we get there, there's, there's a, just one thing I want to ask you to do with me, and we're going to pray. Are you with me? I, I really want to ask you, this is a heavy-duty chapter. This is probably one of the most prophetic chapters in all of Scripture that couples with Revelation. But before we get to that... Um, I just want to ask you to, to, to ask God together with me that he would do something here right now. That you, we believe that God is God and that he's already here, that he wants to stir something up within us, that God wants to unearth some things. If God, you want me to be a little bit uncomfortable this morning, I'm willing to do that. Are, are you with me? But ultimately, God, show me your glory. Show me how awesome you are, God. Show me how powerful you are. Show me, God, how mighty you are. If you're here this morning, and this is kind of new for you, and, and church life, and religion, and God, and all that stuff, I, I really want to ask you just to, to put away everything that's happening for the rest of the day and the rest of the week, because I do believe that God wants you, if you're here today, and just feel a little bit far away from God, that he wants to bring you a little bit closer. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we are believing that you are the God of now, that you are here now, that you want something for us. I believe that, Jesus. You want something to us. You want something to do through us, God. And I just pray that our spiritual ears are open. I pray, God, our spiritual eyes are open to the things that you want us to know. I thank you for men and women in the Bible that are recorded here in this book, God, like Daniel, who's willing to get on his knees and seek your face, to seek the things of you, God. Nothing else mattered to him other than pleasing you. God, we want a heart here at MVCC that says, God, we want what you want. Everything, God, you want in my life, that's what I want, God. And if you don't want something in my life, God, I don't want it either. And I just pray we're willing to do, God, the sacrifice the hard work, God, on our knees to learn what it means to follow after you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. How many of you here want some renewal? Oh, come on. I want every hand, right? Every heart. How many of you here just a new beginning, a new start? Maybe, maybe for you, um, you've known the Lord for, you know, 80 years. You've been walking with the Lord. We have some folks here at our Young and Heart Ministry that literally have been walking with Jesus for over like 80 years. I'm like, wow, teach me. Share with me your experiences. Some of you here, maybe it's just a few weeks you've known the Lord. For some, maybe today's something new. Whether you've walked with Jesus for 80 years or 80 seconds, you've got an enemy that's after you. 
You've got someone who wants to stamp out all of your passion, your love, all your effectiveness, everything that God wants to do. He is after you. If he can squash, if he can squelch the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life and working in the life of this community, he'll throw every distraction. He'll throw every deterrent. He'll throw anything like any kind of wave of sin, anything he can do to get our eyes off of Jesus, he will do it. When I came to Jesus, man, I was like so excited because Jesus is the only one that could change me. I tried to change myself. I couldn't do it. I tried everything possible. Nothing, nothing was lasting. Jesus came into my life and met me right where I was. When I heard for the first time, there's a God in heaven who actually loves me. He's for me. He's not against me. And he saved me. Man, I'm all in. I want to know more about this God. I, count me in. And heaven? Oh yeah, and the Holy Spirit, and love, and joy, and peace, and contentment, not always an easy life, but everything that God, everything that Jesus was on earth, he wants to give to us. Now the enemy is going to try and stamp that out, as I mentioned, squelch that out, he wants to deter you, he wants to get you away from Jesus. Daniel was a guy in the Bible who set his sights on God. And it seems to me, as we read about Daniel's life, of course, he, he wasn't perfect, but he never deterred from the Lord. He never walked away from God. He always kept his eyes focused, even when it got absolutely life at its worst. So I have a question about that. Do you have, a, as, as I'm saying this, I hope you're going, how did he do that? How do I do that? How do I stay close to the Lord? How do I renew God, the Holy Spirit effectiveness How do I ignite, God, the flame that burns in my heart that, God, you are everything to me? Whether they take my house, they take my car, they take my money, they take my reputation, I'll never, ever, God, lose you. Where is that burning? Where is that fire for God? Not not for, for, for church life. Church life is great, man. When we get saved, we go to church. We are the church. We love God's people. All of a sudden, we love. I'm talking about Holy Spirit fire from God that lives within right here. You are now the temple of the living God. Where is that passion? Where's that fire? How? It was one place, man. One place that started it all for Daniel. And that was right here. Right here. Right here, brothers and sisters, people that I love, family of God. And if you're here checking us out, we want you to be part of our family. Daniel stayed on his knees, not just three times a day, but whenever the Holy Spirit was calling him. Even when there was an edict in the land from the king, you are not allowed to pray to any God but me. Daniel set his face to heaven, shut the door, got on his knees, and he prayed. God did something when Daniel was praying that I I, I want us to see is one of the most exciting things that I've ever saw in the entire Bible, and I want to share it with you. But before we get to that part, can, can can I just stay on this track of setting the scene of what was going on with David And what I believe God wants for you, not just for us, but for you, 
and for us in the community of Mission Viejo, Lake Forest, Foothill Ranch, what I believe God wants to do, something bigger that, 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 that is here in this room. Are, are you with me? Yes. A renewal. Men like Jonathan Edwards in the first great awakening in 1740. Charles Finney, the second great awakening in 1790. James McReady, the Cane Ridge Revival in Kentucky in the year 1800. Jeremiah Limpierre from New York City, New York. Fulton Street Revival renewal in New York City, downtown New York in 1857. They actually shut all the businesses down on Sundays because everybody was going to a prayer meeting. Can you believe it? New York City shut down. Thousands going to prayer meetings. The Welsh Revival in 1904 by one guy named Evan Roberts. William Seymour in the Azusa Street Revival. You might have heard of this one in the year 1906. For one man who got down on his knees with black, white, Chinese, Japanese, Korean people. Didn't matter what color, didn't matter what economic status. They got together and they prayed. And they sought God and they asked God, we need you God. Come to us now, Lord. John Lake in the African Revival in 1908. Billy Graham from the 1950s to the 1980s and even 90s, his crusades that were bought with prayer. Someone asked, how do you do all these crusades? Millions of people have come to Jesus. Anyone here ever been to a Billy Graham crusade? Seen him on TV? Amazing. He said, we do three things. I love it. Billy Graham at his best. We pray, we pray, and we pray. Amen. Now, of course, there's more to that, but that's where it starts. Follower of Christ, child of God, lover of God. If, you, if that's you this morning, how, how do they live this, this exuberant life that, that just, just, they're just coming out of their skin because they just exude the life of God? Other people watch you. They don't know what it is, but there's something different about you. We pray, we pray, and we pray, and then God does something. Every single one of these men, oh, forgot to mention the last one, Chuck Smith, who were part of our era in 1972 in Costa Mesa, California. He and his wife Kay got on their knees as they were looking at Huntington Beach and all these hippies that were smoking dope and drinking alcohol, had no jobs, couldn't even clothe themselves, laying on the beach. And they began to pray and ask God, God, what do you want to do with these people? God did something with that question. Here's the question I have for each of us. It's, it's not about the big thing that I believe God wants to do. I believe it's about the thing that God wants to do in you right now. I believe that God wants to ignite. He wants to renew. He wants to revive. Unless we say, well, I don't really need revival or renewal because I know the Lord. That, that's, that's great. But I think if we just be honest and real, there are times that we get depleted. We get ourselves in a lot of trouble, don't we? I don't need any help from the devil. I can stray pretty quick, right? That's why I need you. That's why we need one another. That's why we're harping on life groups all the time. We gotta be in community groups. But there will come a time when it will get more difficult to live for Jesus, and you need support. I need support. I need someone that I can lean on and pray against and ask me to pray for me and for my family and things that just I'm, I'm living with in the OC. And when times get really tough, whatever form it comes in, I've got to have a faith that's, that's worth more than gold. And I've got to have my own faith in Jesus that if need be, stand alone and know where I got to go when I need him. 
powerfully. Because Jesus said he would always be with us. But I want him to be there in greater power. I want to walk in the Holy Spirit. When, when my children someday are going to stand around my, my coffin box or whatever they're going to do with me, I, I want them to say, my dad walked with God. He wasn't the most perfect guy. He made mistakes. But I want them to say about me, my dad loved God and he was full of the Spirit. That, that, that is the greatest compliment that we can receive. There's, there's one particular renewal that I want to look at and then I want to get to Daniel 9 and what I believe one of the most greatest revelations to God's people and to God's person in that moment. 1904, it was Evan Roberts who prayed for 13 years for God to renew his country. People were praying at a meeting, come and change my circumstance. Ever done this? Come and change my husband. Come, come, Lord, come and change my wife. Come change my kids. Come change my school. Come change my bank account. God, if you just fix this thing, I'll really serve you. We're, we're asking for all these things. People were literally coming to the altar. Oh, by the way, back in the day when people actually came and knelt before God, and they would, they would seek God, and they wouldn't just do it for two minutes, man. They'd stay until God came in their hearts, and something happened. One guy came, Seth Joshua. I love this. Seth Joshua. He came forward with tears in his eyes. Hundreds of people at the altar, thousands in this tent. Oh God, change me. Change me. That right there was a start, an ignition of the 1904, 1904 Wells Revival. It is one of the greatest renewals that we know of of mankind, except for Acts chapter 2. They say over 100,000 people came to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because one little guy prayed, God changed me. It, 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 we, we cannot underestimate the power of prayer and how God can reveal something to you or do something through you. But we've got, we've got to be on our knees. And learning from a guy named Daniel is, is, is I think, the best pathway. Can you say amen? amen. There are four things that the Holy Spirit told Seth Joshua when he said, change me. You must put away any unconfessed sin. You must put away any undoubtful habit. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, doubtful habit. You must promptly obey the Holy Spirit. Number four, you must publicly confess Christ. Now, we don't like the first one. You must put away any unconfessed sin. Basically, what he's saying is you must turn away from your wickedness. Because there's something that I want to do through a vessel that is wholly yielded to me. After 100,000 people came to Jesus, this thing only lasted a couple of years. It was the greatest renewal to our globe since Acts chapter 2. What I'm most concerned about, what I'm most excited about in reading about these things is what God did with individuals. That's where I want this to hit home for you today. If you're feeling a little bit dry, if you're feeling a little bit under the weather spiritually, if you're feeling like God wears your power, it just seems like God, there's really nothing happening, nothing moving. In fact, it feels God like a spiritual wasteland. You came on the right Sunday. <laughs> Leonard Ravenhill, one of the great revivalists and prayer, powerful men of God, said this, as long as we are content to live without renewal, we will. Can I say that again? Yes. 
as long as we are content. Oh, no, I don't need this. Oh, no, that's for other people. That's for the spiritual heavyweights. I don't really... As long as we are content to live without this renewal, revival, this Holy Spirit surge where we're seeing God at every corner of life, then we will. We'll just hum along. I tell you, I'm not interested in doing that. I'm not interested in watching God's move pass by me. I want to be engaged. I, I, I'm not saying, you know, stop your work, sell your houses, run to the hills, pack it all away. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to change anything, like anything drastic, like Jesus is coming tomorrow. I'm just saying, let God in fully. Here's the question. How, how do they do that? There was a guy named Rodney Smith who was asked. Thousands of college-age students were flocking to his church because there were so many people there. And they heard about this thing that God was doing. God was really doing something in the hearts of Christian people who didn't just say one thing and do another. They were actually acting like Christian people. And some of them came up and said, hey, um, Dr. Smith, how, how do you experience what we see here? Taking out their notepads. They're ready to do a formula. Here's what you do. One, two, three, four. He pulled out of his back pocket a piece of chalk. And here's what he said. You go home, you take a piece of chalk, you shut the door. And you take this piece of chalk, and the maintenance people are going to kill me, but you draw a circle in the middle of that room. Second service, I'll do a bigger one. <laughs> you draw a circle, and you get in the middle of it, and you ask God to send renewal, and you stay there until he does. Figuratively speaking. That, now we're going to read Daniel chapter 9. Are you ready? Because this is exactly what Daniel did. And Gabriel, the, the announcer of announcements through the whole scripture, the, 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 the angel Gabriel came to him and spoke to him, man, and gave him a vision and a message. You want to hear from God? You want to know direction? Do you want to know, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want to do, God? These are things, is it in there? We have to get still enough to hear God and have a right posture before him. All right, Daniel chapter 9, you ready? Come on, this is a long chapter. You've got to stay with me here. Daniel 9. In the first year of Darius' son of Xerxes, made by descent, who was made ruler over Babylon, the kingdom. In the first year of the reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to me by Jeremiah the prophet. So really what's happening is Daniel is reading Jeremiah 25 and 29, and he begins to pray. Now, now watch his prayer. This prayer is one of my most favorite prayers in all the Bible, aside from Jesus' prayer. Here it is. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. The Lord... The great and awesome God, stay with me here in verse 4, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. That's from Deuteronomy 7, 9. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked. We have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, to the holy prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and princes and ancestors and to all the people in the land. You, Lord, are righteous. You are right. You are holy. There is no one above you. But this day we are covered. Listen to him. We are covered with shame. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all of Israel. 
Watch what he's doing here. He's stepping in the gap for the entire nation. Does anyone here with me that we need God in America again? We have never been more divided than we are right now. There's more. I understand that we're really not far away from Sodom and Gomorrah, but it's just on a greater scale. We are, we are in trouble because we have left God and the principles of God. All we need to do is return back to God. And America will be different. Somebody say amen. amen. Verse 8. We and our kings and our princes and our ancestors are covered, watch him now, with shame, Lord, because we have sinned against you. Well, we made some mistakes, God. We have sinned. We've blown it. The Lord our God, but Lord, you are merciful, forgiving, even though we have rebelled against you. We have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws. We gave a, you gave us through the servants and prophets. Verse 11, all Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. You know, we need some men and some women who will stand in the gap for their families. You want me to take responsibility for everything that's been done in our house that's been wrong? Yes! And pray and ask God, God, we have not followed you. We have not lived up to your ways, God. The moment that we and me, all of us are in trouble is when we say, oh no, that doesn't apply to me. I'm a good guy, I'm a good girl. Really? Because in Romans it says we're all bad. There's only one who is good. And I'm not, I'm not heaping on guilt and shame and walking out slithering out of here thinking we're horrible. I, I'm just, let's get our proper perspective that there is a redeemer, there is a forgiver, there is a deliverer, there is a lover from heaven that says, I will never leave you, never forsake you. Even in the midst of your shame, your guilt, your sin, your transgression, everything you've ever done wrong, I will never leave you, never forsake you. Amen. Here, let's just go on with his prayer here. Now, O Lord, verse 15, who brought your people out of Egypt. See, God, you did it before with your mighty hand and who made yourself a name that endures to this day. We have sinned, we have done wrong. Lord, in keeping with all of your righteousness, acts turned away your anger and turned from your wrath, Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, verse 17, our Lord, our God, Hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Why does he say that? Remember, because Babylon came in and ransacked the temple, took away everything. It got so bad that one of the kings actually desecrated the very holy of holies with a, with a, a blood sacrifice that was never, ever supposed to be allowed in the very temple. And he defied the very God of heaven. It got so bad. And that's why he's such in a plea here. God, restore your temple. Restore worship. Restore your nation. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor. Verse 18. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. You see what he's focusing on? God, you can do it. There's always hope. God, you are bigger than any problem. Lord, listen. Do you see in your Bibles? I hope you see this. There's an exclamation point after this. I don't think it's that, well, if you have a time, God, could you listen to me? Listen, God. I need you. I'm crying out. I have no place else to turn. By the way, there is no plan B, brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ is our only hope. The gospel is the only way. There's no plan B. David or Daniel certainly knew that, Lord, forgive, hear, and act. For your sake, my God, 
do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. Why was he in such desperation? Why was he so passionate? Why was there such a desperation for God to do something now? You ready? He was a man who knew the scriptures and he was counting the days. God spoke to him that there would be 70 years. Remember, we we learned about this in chapter five and chapter six, if you were here. We learned about the, the 70 years that God spoke to Daniel about things would happen. He's in about the 68th year now, so he knows there's only about a year and a half to two years left. The 70 years is coming up, so he's asking God, what are you going to do? Don't don't leave us, God. Restore what you said you were going to restore. The 70s are coming up quickly. They were taken out of their homeland. They were pulled away from their houses. They were pulled away from their places of worship. They were pulled away from the very comfort zone that they had. Yet Daniel, because he was in the scripture, because he was a man of the word, he didn't just know the word. Oh yeah, there's the Bible. Oh yeah, I think I know what it is. He was a man who read the word. This is, this is a great formula for prayer. You ready? There's three things inside your notes. He relied on scripture when he was praying. That's what we need to do. We need to read the Bible and recite to God what he wrote. Remember, God, when you said this? So, God, I'm claiming this. I'm asking you, God, to do what you said you would do. There's nothing wrong with that, as long as we're in a spirit of humility. Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love, verse 4, to those who love him. And God, you said, you said you're a promise keeper. So, God, I'm holding you to it. Number two is to rely on God's character. That's what he does. God, you're merciful. You're holy. You're righteous. I know who you are, God. I know you can do it. Number three is he relied on God's track record. You did it in the past, God. You can do it again. Isn't that great? Question, hasn't God, has God ever delivered you? Has God, God done something for you? And we know God does things because his word is true. So why do I doubt, God, can you even do this thing? Can you fix this? God, this one seems way too big. I don't know. I don't know, God. I don't know. God, return us to back, back to God can. That's it. Just God can, period. God doesn't always do it the way I want it, but God can And I always know he knows best. Father, God, why am I laying in this hospital bed? God, why am I in this financial debt? God, why am I in in the middle of this divorce? God, why am I in the middle of this, this, this wasteland spiritually? Why does it seem like the more I pray, things get worse? We have to trust God. We must trust him. Now, in the middle of all this, do you see the flavor? Do you hear the passion of Daniel's heart? He's humble. We sinned. You caught us, God. Not just me, but the entire nation. I I go back to this. Give me men. Give me, if you're a single parent mom, if you consider yourself the leader, grandparents here, or you're the leader of your own life, you're single here today, hoping someone to some way, somehow to be married, whatever stage of life you are in, he's looking for people who don't push aside all these excuses and blame everyone else. He's looking for someone to take responsibility. He's looking for someone to say, I did it. Forgive me, God, and I know that you will because you said you would. Did you catch here what Daniel's doing? I believe because of this. Please don't miss this this morning because Daniel was a man of prayer. He was a man of the word. He knew the word. He was reading the word. And because he was so humble, seeking after God, in the middle of his prayer, bam, Gabriel comes. The angel Gabriel. 
who was the announcer of the birth of Jesus, who came and told those who were involved in this great drama that God was unfolding to bring Jesus to the earth so that you and I could be saved, Gabriel comes with an announcement. You ready for it? Let's, let's just, oh, are you really ready? Because I tell you what, I have labored over this, uh, sweat over this. I have looked at every commentary, asked God, because there's, some, there's just so much going on here. God, I want to make sure that MVCC, we are teaching the scripture, God, the way you want it taught. And I, I want so much for you to get it. So here we go. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and sin of my people of Israel, making the request of the Lord, my God, for his holy hill. Remember, he wants to restore back the temple in Jerusalem. We want to go back home. While I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen earlier in the vision, came to me with a swift light. And about the time of the evening sacrifice, he instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to you with insight and understanding to give this to you. As soon as you begin to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. God hears your prayer. The next time you think God doesn't hear you, he hears you. It says right here, he knows your heart. He hears the cry of your heart. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. Here it is. You ready? Seventy-sevens are decreed for your people and for your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for the wickedness, to bring an everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and the prophecy to anoint the most holy place. <laughs> what? You want the temple? You want the place of worship? There are six, th- six markers that are going to happen in the future until the greatest event, which I'm going I'm, I'm to keep reading here, but these are the six markers. We've got to hurry through this. Number one, God wants to finish all the wrongdoings, put an end to sin, atone for the wickedness in the world, bring in a time of righteousness, seal up the vision in prophecy. Every prophecy will be fulfilled of the scripture. By the way, did you know that one-fifth of all the scripture... It's prophetic. And the last one, atone for the most holy place. You get those six real quick? Here's a question. Have they happened yet? Mm-mm. Is all the wickedness gone on the earth? No. Did, did, has all the scripture been fulfilled, all the prophecies? Not yet. Is the most holy place been reconstructed? Not yet. So let's just continue on here. Verse 25, no one understand this. You see what he's, Daniel, I want you to understand the scripture. I want you to understand this prophecy. I want you to understand what God is saying to you. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler comes, talking about Jesus, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will put be put to death and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come and will destroy the city and the sanctuary, the end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end and desolations have been decreed. He will confirm a covenant with many, one, seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering and the temple will be set up as an, I'm sorry, will set up an abomination that it causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. If we look back on a timeline, the 70s of seven, it might say in your Bible's weeks, those are actually translated years. So, so are we ready for this? Let's just put it up on the screen here. 
there are a total, if we were to take all the mathematics that are in this revelation from Gabriel, there are 490 years that he's talking about here. 360 day years. If we did it on a 365 year calendar, it won't work out to the best part of this. See AD 32, I want to get to that before it's 1015. You with me? There's 490 years that he's talking about in 360-year days because that's the way the Jews counted their calendar. It's just different than our 365 years. On the Old Testament calendar that was based upon, if we go back and look back in history, for us looking back, this is easy to understand, but God, remember, get into the mind of Daniel. As he's seen the future, it was the future of Israel. Because right here at 45 B.C., Artaxerxes, you see on the very left side, he decrees that Jerusalem, the wall and the rebuilding of the city would take place. Then year 397, the close of the Old Testament era was coming. Then this line right here, all the way to here, is 434 years. Now, I don't have time to do this, but there was a guy back in the 1800s that went back and counted Every day from this, we actually have the date that 445 B.C., from that very date, that it's actually in the the, the annals of history when King Artaxerxes said, okay, you guys can go back and rebuild Jerusalem. If we count every single day along this line, you ready for this? This is so cool. This this is going to encourage you. This is going to blow your spiritual socks off. Ready? (laughs) The year 32 to the very day Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the triumphal entry. Isn't that cool? Some of you are looking at me like, what? Who cares? God knows every single day. He mapped this out because he wanted, first of all, the Jewish people, his people, to know that Jesus, the Messiah, is for them. But he also wanted us who are sitting here, we haven't seen Jesus, we haven't physically seen him, but he wants us to know that God's got every single day mapped out and the prophetic is showing us that I got this right here. What does this mean? Jesus delivered and freed us. He redeemed every single one of us. That's what he was trying to tell Daniel. He wanted to tell Daniel, you may not get to go back to Jerusalem now because he really wanted to go back and rebuild the temple. But he's saying to Daniel, it may not happen in your lifetime. In fact, it's not. But you've got to trust me that I have a timeline. And all these years ahead are for the main focus. The main event is when Jesus dies on the cross. He rises again. He redeems the entire world. It's gospel-centered prophetic. It's not, Lord, what car am I supposed to drive? What am I supposed to wear today? Well, God told me exactly to do this. And he may do that, but I don't want to get all, I don't want to get all disc, discombobulated with all that stuff. This is what matters. The redemption of your soul. He paid the price. He gave you a free ticket into heaven. He gave you life. He gave you forgiveness. He gave you the power of the Holy Spirit. It's time to live, man. So what about this time? See this weird squiggly line right here? Right here? There's a gap before the seven years. See that? We don't know how much time this is. I was, when we lived in Hawaii, my wife and I lived there, and uh, on the windshield of our car, there was a, a concert at the um, Waikiki Shell, an outdoor concert. 
holds, I don't know, 10,000 people. It was the first Harvest Crusade, by the way, in Hawaii was there. And so we, uh, we came out to our car, and there was little pieces of paper on every car. Jesus is coming back October 12th. I remember seeing that. I looked at my wife and said, well, we know he's not coming back on the 12th because Matthew says nobody will know the day or the hour when Jesus is coming back. For years, people have tried to predict and waste time and money and resources. Look, here's the deal. Nobody knows exactly, but he certainly give us the signs of the times. Right? This gap right here, the church age, what the Bible calls the last days, that's us right here. This line right here, is when the Antichrist will come. Remember we read about that in Daniel chapter 5 and 6, the little horn that will come out of, remember, the, 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 the Roman regime? And the little horn will emerge. It was all prophetic about one day the Antichrist will come. He will deceive the world for three and a half years. He's going to make everything wonderful and perfect. And even some of us who believe in Jesus, the Christian world, will actually believe this guy and follow. And he will demand worship of every single person. Don't take the Kool-Aid. Don't do it. He will come for three and a half years and make it all appear it's going to be great. Then the last three and a half years, that's where all these sevens and sevens he's talking about, the last seven, did you catch that? The last three and a half years of that time right here. Doop, right there. It'll be hell on earth, man. I'm believing because it seems pretty consistent. I could be wrong. There's three different views about this, but I personally think we'll be raptured the heck out of here before it all breaks loose. It may not. We may have to just, Lord, I really want to build Jerusalem. I really want to go back to the homeland. God said no. God, I want to go to heaven before this last three and a half years. God may say no. You may have to endure. It doesn't matter, God. I trust you. Here's the question of the hour. Is my soul prepared right now, right here? Jesus loves you, man. God loves you. He didn't come to, to, to condemn you. He didn't come to make your life hard. He didn't come to distract you. He came because he loves you. And he died on a cross. It's the only way to get us to heaven, man. It's the only way to bring us new life. It's the only way to bring the life of God where there was death. So that's the number one question. If you don't know the Lord, you got to do it, man. Don't wait. Come to Jesus now. Can I just say something? Lest anyone feel shame, guilt, you don't need to feel that. Because every single one here in this room who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, how many people have accepted the Lord? See, this, this service is a little bit smaller, so we can do this. It's like in my living room. Okay, most of us here. We've all admitted we're in trouble. So there's no shame and guilt. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, But the wages of sin is death. This last three and a half years, yikes. But there's no worry for the believer. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad for that? So, first order of business, come to Jesus now. Second is this. Well, you know what, Mike? Already walking with the Lord. I know the Lord. I want us to take a good lesson from Daniel about where this renewal starts. Right here. So, it's pretty simple. My encouragement is this. If there's anything that's hindering your focus with Jesus, and I hope we're just all real enough to admit it, yes, then I, I invite you to come up and take a piece of chalk 
Because there's enough chalk here for everybody. And we're not all going to draw circles right here. Because our maintenance ministry guy will kill me. And maybe your, maybe your place is at home in the closet. Maybe it's in the garage. Maybe, maybe it's in the backyard. Maybe it's a quiet place. Lord, I'm just going to draw this circle, and I'm going to ask you to start something here. Second is, I'm going to ask you to take responsibility for your life. Quit the complaining, quit the moaning, quit the woe is me, quit the, well, bad things happen and I'm just never able to get above it and I'll always make this amount or I'll always do this. I'll never really destined for greatness. Stop. Isn't God big enough to do anything? Isn't God big enough to take one guy, Daniel, for the entire nation? And he can certainly help us. And number three is, man, am I willing to stand in the gap for somebody else? I got two people. Two families, one on one side and one on the other. Before I get too overwhelmed with the other 230 people that live in my neighborhood, I got two people right now that are lost. Oh, well, somebody will reach them. Oh, I don't need to do anything. Uh, God will just do it. The Holy Spirit will just do it. And does our heart burn for people that you work with, people that you go to school with right now, people that you are in the same family room with, people that are on one side or the other that are lost, David went for the people that were lost. The nation of Israel was lost. And he stands in the gap. God, have your mercy. God, relent your anger. God, don't bring down your wrath. Restore, renew, empower God. And the way is humility, right? I, I just close with this. I love God. I love, sometimes God will do things very systematic and organizationally. And he does that because it says in the Bible that God is a God of order. So all you administrators here, all of you organized people, don't get freaked out that we're just doing everything by the, you know, by the, by the hip. But on the other side of the coin, for those that love the spontaneity of the spirit and God moving, and God just gave this to me, and I think God is moving here, and let's move on, let's, let's step out in faith before all the organizers start freaking out, saying, wait, we got to do a plan. Can we be willing to appreciate how God formed his family and how we're different? So I was just led in one of our life groups last week to say, hey, bro, could you just tell us your story? He gave his story in three minutes. It, it was the most exhilarating three minutes I've had all week long. Hearing about somebody that was lost, somebody that found Jesus, or Jesus found them, how they said yes to Jesus, and how God changed their whole life. And now they're on a whole new trek, and what God is doing in their life, all these amazing things. I got a job. I actually feel free. I'm at peace inside. God's doing things with my parents. Even though I'm in this place of recovery, God is doing the amazing. I just, I just love and thank God. That's all he knows how to say it. It is the most exciting thing that we can be involved in. And I'm asking us individually and I'm asking us together as we step into the circle, God, I pray for them, but God, do something in me first. Right? Father, I thank you. I believe. I believe the power of your word. Even if everything I said is nonsense and doesn't make any sense, I know the power of your word never returns void, God. And I believe you touched somebody here. I believe, God, you met somebody in their heart right here, right now, this morning, today. And I pray, God, that we be people that act on what we've heard. I pray, God, we figuratively or, or, or literally take that piece of chalk 
Say, life is going to be different. Life is going to be different. I sense it. I feel it. I believe it, God. Just like you came to Daniel, God, come to me. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, God is so good, isn't he? Woo, God is on the move. Okay, here's the plan. There's coffee, there's donuts, and all that cool stuff. We want you to go and hang out. Please don't feel like you need to leave. But We're so glad you were able to join us today. If you'd like more information on this teaching or any other teaching, check out our website at mvcchome.org.